guys and welcome to another episode of get home safe we are back in the saddle back in the routine of our scheduled tuesday friday format we have here and you know it's nice to say uh when things are kind of getting back to normal we got a lot of normal going on around the country uh which is nice to see except the gas prices of course but back to the uh back to some of the things we've saw what like you remember way back in 2019 what life was like uh just with you know, no masks everywhere and everything. It's been it's been somewhat refreshing to see a t- to get a taste. Us in California, we'll probably lose it, uh, you know, in a month or so. But we we do have a taste of normal. It's been nice, and it's nice to get back on this podcast and record uh, weekly with you guys. Again, Tuesdays just me rambling away. It's actually Monday night right now. I started that Lakers uh, winning time on HBO. I started that uh, the second episode. And then I was like, ah, I got the kitchen free. I better go down and record Tuesday's podcast. So here we are. Happy Tuesday to everyone out there. Happy March, specifically March Madness. And I'm not just talking about the NCAA basketball tournament. NFL free agency has been crazy already. So many storylines. I mean, the NFL really has turned into this just year long uh, thing of who's going where. And uh, I mean, gossip and this and that. I don't know. Uh, but it, it's, it's very exciting to see the general managers and the owners and the teams kind of coming together already here in March, even though football will be played for uh, about six more months. But um, uh, March madness is here. It starts Thursday. Technically it starts Tuesday with the play, the two playing games. And then Wednesday, the other playing games, the field of 68, because we needed to get more participants when we had a perfectly good 64 team field uh, years ago, but it is what it is. Uh, For those not watching on YouTube, I do have my Cal state Fullerton, uh, t-shirt class of 08 see the bottom there and on the back of this shirt it has every single name of uh, every single graduate from 2008 and yours truly is in there in the middle somewhere very tiny so uh, that year in 08 was a year that the basketball team advanced to the NCAA tournament uh, I was there at the championship game as a student we stormed the floor it was it was really cool to be a part of that my senior year of college and it had been 30 years since Cal State Fullerton had been in the uh, the basketball tournament uh, before that, and it was 1978, a school they called Cal State Who, because no one remembered who they were. They had a couple of big wins in the tournament, got to the, I think, the Sweet 16, and were, were on the doorstep of the Elite Eight. Uh, or maybe it was they went to the Elite Eight. I can't remember exactly, but uh, that was way back then. Fullerton went to the NCAA tournament again in 2018, not too long ago, but it was this last Saturday night in 2022 where Cal State Fullerton beat Long Beach State by one point at that new uh, arena up in Henderson, Nevada, just outside of Vegas to advance to the uh, the NCAA tournament, win the Big West. So I'm pretty fired up. Uh, it's not too often. You get to see your school on, on a big stage. They've had a lot of great success in baseball and such, but there's something special about the NCAA tournament, right? And the, uh, the March Madness. So uh, all these schools you never heard of, uh, usually someone makes a little noise, wins a game or two. And uh, the Titans 
have a, a very tall task ahead of them. They're going to be playing the legendary program, the Duke Blue Devils, who are a two seed. The Titans are a 15 seed. And, uh, you know, Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski, it's uh, his final year. He's already had a, a bunch of ceremonies and everything. Uh, legendary coach, five national title titles, uh, so many wins, has just been uh, such an instrumental part to college basketball. And he's really is one of the, the big, big faces of, of uh, college basketball. And he's had quite a career. Uh, but how, I'm not saying it'll happen, but, but what, what if, what if Cal State Fullerton, the little Titans from the Big West, what if they, uh, what if they upset Duke? Just think about it. Not just to upset Duke, but to, that's how Coach K goes off in the distance, uh, you know, and a happy retirement, of course. If it was Cal State Fullerton, hey, who was Coach K's final game against? Some school called Cal State Fullerton. Good baseball program usually, although not for like 20 years. Uh, but if the Titans were to upset the Duke Blue Devils. Now we're talking not just David and Goliath. We're talking, uh, I, I, I didn't even know uh, what, what to compare this to. This would be uh, a, a huge task. But as an alum, you know what? They got to play the game. They got to play the game. Let's throw the ball up and see what happens. And that's the best part of March Madness is that anybody can beat anybody uh, on a given a day. Um, Duke is probably on paper 30 points better than Fullerton. So we'll see. Yeah, but you know what? They they call it madness. They call it March uh, mayhem for a reason. You never know. You never know. So for those uh, Southern California fans out here who are maybe looking for teams to root for, you know, hey, cheer on those Titans. I know UCLA's in it. I know USC's in it. Uh, Arizona, um, San Diego State. There's a ton of schools from the West Coast out here. Montana State, I believe. But uh, Friday night at 4 p.m. here, uh, I think they're playing in South Carolina. But um, those, those, those pesky Titans from Cal State Fullerton, Big West champs. Uh, and they got, a, they got a player I want you guys to watch. Uh, hopefully everyone knows his name after this. EJ Anasecki. He, uh, he actually was a transfer, played at Tennessee for a little while. He, I've seen him play a few times for Fullerton this year. And the dude is a hustler. He's a six foot seven big man, which isn't, you know, huge for uh, college uh, D1 standards, but he's a glass eater. He, he, he get, he's a rebound machine. He's a hustle guy, a lot of second chance points and uh, just a guy that they really feed off of his energy. Plus a, a lot of great three point shooting. And I think any, that's really a, a thing that uh, for schools that can provide an upset in uh, college basketball in March madness, you typically see really good three point shooting. Uh, and, and it seems like in today's college game, everyone's a three point shooter, even though they've backed up the three point line to the NBA distance. Now, um, you know, college basketball sharpshooting. That's how you. That's how you slay giants, man. With with those uh, the three ball and at Fullerton can get hot and uh, and and streaky from from three. So keep an eye on that. Again, Duke's one of the best teams in all of the land. Uh, the best coach, the best uh, fundamental dudes. They got some stars and everything, but they're beatable. They are beatable. And uh, keep an eye on that game Friday. Uh, can't wait. Th that Thursday and Friday really are the two best days of the year. I, I have friends who actually don't like basketball at all, but they've gone to, to Las Vegas or they've had parties with friends in the middle of the day where they watch all the games and out here on the West coast from 9. AM until 9. PM. It's just, uh, there's usually three or four games going at a time. You flip the, the TV on, you're like, wait, who's this school? Oh, it's an 11 versus a, a six. Okay. Come on. 11. Like you find yourself rooting for teams 
that you've never heard of and also seeing your brackets uh, busted too. It's uh, fun to do that. So I don't know what your guys's favorite March Madness memories are. Um, I, I remember uh, the Tyus Edney play with UCLA and their 95 championship team, him going the distance against uh, Missouri. Uh, I remember uh, Gonzaga, one of their first big wins, uh, at least in my, from, from me watching as a high school kid, where they beat Florida, I think, at a, in a buzzer beater. Um, who can forget uh, Valparaiso? Bryce Drew, I think, was his name when they upset, was it Old Miss, I think, when they threw the length of the floor? Uh, uh, catch and he kicked it out to Bryce Drew, the coach's son who hit the three at the buzzer. That was like a, a, a 10 a.m. game or something, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Princeton, when they do the old, the old backdoor cut in 96 against used the defending national champs, UCLA. Uh, so many great memories. March Madness, the final four and the title games, those are special. But these first couple days are really because there's so much bad. There's 16 games, 32 games in two days, plus another plus another eight games uh, Saturday and Sunday for another 16. I mean, 48 basketball games in four days. And yeah, again, when you're at school, when you're at work, you find yourself, uh, you know, looking to the computer, checking scores, maybe uh, taking your break around uh, some games and such. It's just it's such a unique sporting event. I'm so glad it's here. It's back. I think last year they did it in the all Indianapolis and all these different uh, arenas. Now they got them uh, back to where they're spreading out. You know, there's games in San Diego and San Francisco, I believe out here on the West coast. Uh, you know, there's just can't say enough about March, March madness, March mayhem. You, you flip it on and you see something you never thought you'd see. Right. Um, so I mentioned UCLA and SC. I, I watched that entire Pac-12 semifinal with uh, UCLA and SC. Bruins were victorious. Uh, got up to a double-digit lead. SC battled, but UCLA, the far, far superior team, uh, in, in my opinion. And there's too many times with SC, like they're just play kind of this one-on-one. Uh, here, you you take the ball and just uh, do what you got to do. It doesn't seem like there's any flow to their offense at times. So uh, hopefully they can get that figured out. Um, but, but back to Fullerton, um, they, they upset, or they beat Long Beach, uh, with some great defense. Long Beach had a, a shot at the end. I, I should say a shot. They didn't, didn't even get a shot off for the final play of the game. Um, the Titans went 11 of 20 from three point land and uh, shot 52% overall. So keep an eye on those Titans. If they can, uh, if they can rebound, you know, no second chance points for, from Duke. And if they can outshoot. Duke behind the arc. I really do believe the Titans have a chance, but back to UCLA SC um, SC again, their flow wasn't great. UCLA looked, uh, looked fantastic. Uh, pretty good defensively as well. Um, just uh, a great performance from the Bruins. And uh, let's look at the bracket here. Uh, you don't want to forget about Arizona. It's pretty cool that of the two, two of the uh, top one, top four seeds, uh, Gonzaga, number one, uh, in, in what is it? Is it the West or the uh, Midwest? Maybe in Arizona is a, is a number one. Also, I think uh, Arizona definitely the favorite in this tournament, obviously. Um, but then you look at the other number ones here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, number a uh, Baylor um, saw them uh, play pretty well in, in the big 12 tournament and Kansas uh, legendary program. there. a potential great matchup. In, in the second round of Kansas and San Diego State, I, if, if the Aztecs can get through Creighton, I think that would be a really fun watch. USC and Miami uh, in the first round, a battle of 
once upon a time, great football schools with a lot of swag and everything. I love this matchup. Very intriguing. The winner will go on to uh, face the winner of Auburn, Jacksonville State. So USC and Miami, uh, keep your eye on that. I think that game could really be uh, pretty entertaining, you know, minus USC sluggish offense that I just talked about. San Diego State, I talked about uh, as far as other uh, West Coast teams out here. Uh, Arizona's wait, uh, waiting their opponent. They should roll. Uh, Gonzaga plays Georgia State. Gonzaga versus Boise State potentially in the second round if Boise can beat Memphis. That's got, got a great feel to it. Boise and Spokane, uh, not too far apart from each other. I'm not sure where that game is going to be played. Uh, but let's see, it will be in Portland, Oregon. So you're going to get a ton of Boise state fans and a ton of Gonzaga fans, obviously in that game. Uh, that's another, like kind of familiar, at least proximity wise, that could be very intriguing in the second round, uh, Duke and Fullerton, whoever wins that game will face Michigan state or Davidson. So, uh, uh, you know what, let's just, let's just hope Fullerton can, uh, shock the world. Uh, first of all, uh, another similar, matchup here ucla plays akron akron and they will play the winner of uh let's see will they play yeah saint mary's and then uh saint mary's whoever they play in a playoff game play in game so you could potentially see uh the four and five seed ucla and saint mary's playing each other in an all california matchup in the second round uh again not too far from one another uh san francisco out of the wcc uh, they're going to be playing Murray State. I like the Dons here. San Francisco, a 10 seed. Murray State, uh, I don't know, maybe a little higher seed than people would think. But I think the Dons might just uh, might just uh, make a little noise there. They'd have to play Kentucky after that. But uh, those are some intriguing matchups to me. If you kind of look at, all right, you look ahead. Uh, Montana State uh, plays Texas Tech. Like I said, a ton of West Coast teams here in this tournament new mexico state plays yukon uh i like the aggies there. very talented uh team i've heard uh uh from some uh coaches in that conference that uh, the aggies of uh, new mexico state are just such a cut above everybody else so uh those are some west coast teams that i, I think uh, i will be pulling for i'll be watching and uh it would be cool the more the most what there is potential really for for some west coast teams to make some noise at least into the second weekend. And then hopefully uh, even into that elite eight, the, the back half of the second weekend, it's just, you got to love the format too. Thursday, Friday, 16 games, 16 games. Okay. So you got to win two games a weekend to advance, right? You play Thursday, Saturday, or Friday, Sunday. Then the next week, the sweet 16 and the elite eight, same thing, Thursday, Saturday, or Friday, Sunday. Then after that, it's, we're down to four teams, two games, Saturday, one game, Monday night. It's just beautiful. You got to love the symmetry of it all. So happy March Madness, everybody, and enjoy those games on, uh, on, on the, well, you can even say Tuesday night, right? With the play-in games. Why not? Get a little taste. What else are you going to watch? The NBA? Come on. We're not watching that stuff. And uh, hockey's not quite into their playoffs yet, so uh, might as well check out those games. Anyway, uh, I'm going to try to be brief today, but as, as usually when I say that, I tend to, uh, to go a little longer. But NFL free agency, uh, Tom Brady returns uh, Sunday night. The Hersema family, we were all out at our favorite restaurant in Sunset Beach, uh, Captain Jack's, and uh, some of the best seafood around. We were there celebrating the Los Angeles Rams Super Bowl one month to the day, February 13th to March 13th. Um, we were there celebrating a big dinner, uh, just had a, had a great time uh, with uh, my dad, my brother, everyone, significant others, and just it was 
it was a great time, a great feast. And as we're sitting there eating and uh, just having a great time, I see on my phone, Tom Brady returning. I'm like, really, Tom? Really? Like he knew we were eating and celebrating. Just like, oh, of course he's coming back. That Tom, I thought the Rams put him out of the misery. And, uh, but he's coming back. And, and he took a few, a few, what, a month, a few weeks off and felt, hey, that's, he wants to keep playing. God bless him. He's the greatest ever, man. Like, play as long as you want to play. And uh, I think he's just, he's so competitive. I, th- I think he saw some of the dominoes fall in where quarterbacks are starting to go. And he's like, wait a minute, the NFC isn't, doesn't look that difficult anymore. I can make another Super Bowl run probably. And uh, he's just so hungry to, uh, to, to get one more ring, right? Get one more shot and, and to compete. And I, I think it's good for, it's good for everybody, but um, is it, is it, is it boredom from him? Is he not have another purpose? I don't know what it is. I think there's always that fine line with all of us in our lives being content versus satisfied or sat and satisfied versus being like uh, a board or, or kind of wanting more. And that's, we all go through that every, in every, every day, really in, in our daily life is what I mean. So, uh, but, but the Hersema family celebrating, it's had some great lobster, great crab, uh, mussels and clams, like I said, ton of seafood and uh, just a great Sunday evening. And uh, just re- remembering one more time that the Rams won the Super Bowl a month ago. And uh, it was kind of a great way to kind of be like, all right, now on to next year. This was really special, but that's the incentive when you're a big fan is to uh, have a, a celebration like that. So that's even more reason to root hard and be like, Hey, we get to go to captain Jack's at the Rams. Uh, make it happen. So we'll see everyone's saying, run it back. It's easy to say, I'm not sure about um, how easy that will be. Okay. Major league baseball is back. Um, It it took them a while to kind of get their act together. And there was a ton of discussions going on. We don't know all the details, but there have been some rule changes. I'm not thrilled with a lot of them, but uh, baseball, you know, wants to evolve and be something it's not. And some, all sports are different, you know, basketball evolves and they move the three point line and the NFL, they have rule changes. Baseball, it's your foundation really is old school and just kind of not changing too much. And a lot of younger people don't want to hear that. And uh, the, the, you know, playing the game the right way, all those things. There's only so much you can do with baseball. You, you're never going to make it into a, an hour and a half game. You're never going to make it into a, a 22 to 21 consistently offensive uh, game. You're just not going to have those things. And so I don't know what the big, the big push is uh, there's always these, these timing rules, speed up rules. They don't, they don't help. They just, they make the game longer because there's just one more thing for people to argue about. And, and it's just like, you just, just let the game be is the way I see it. But there, there were some things that um, I think we saw coming and uh, the big one is a universal DH. So you will have the uh, national league, uh, implementing the the DH according to what I read, unless I, I miss uh, misread that. But uh, double headers will go back to nine innings. Um, as an umpire, I, I never like double headers, but um, I understand the integrity of the game and stats and all those things. Yeah, if you're going to play two, that you don't have many scheduled, you know, and they usually do it like one o'clock, seven o'clock, or something. Like it's a long day and it sucks, but. Play, play nine innings. You don't, you don't really shorten. You wouldn't be like, yeah, hey, we're going to play a three quarter football game today. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, COVID rules, you know, that, that, that was kind of tied into 
time at the ballpark and, and seven, uh, seven uh, inning games. The implementation of a draft lottery was interesting. So um, there will be 14, excuse me, 12 teams making the playoffs now rather than what was it? Uh, eight, no, it was 10. It was a uh, one the two wild cards used to play a one game playoff before then going into the 14 playoffs in, in each league. Um, but there will be 12 now, not exactly the format, not sure of exactly the format yet, but of the remaining 18 teams, they will now have a draft lottery similar to the NBA uh, for the top six picks from what I read here. So uh, that way teams aren't tanking, you know, the dog days of August, it's really easy uh, in, in, in baseball to just not care anymore when you're, you're at game 130 and you got 32 to go. And it's just like, let me get up there and, uh, and, and, you know, swing it half heartedly or whatever, but it's the purpose of this uh, is to just uh, make sure teams aren't tanking. And I don't think that goes, goes around anyway, goes on anyway. I think, a lot of that comes from the paranoia of, again, media and fans who just really, you know, I, I don't think in, in a billion dollar industry, million, these teams are worth millions and that t- teams are going to be out there uh, trying to lose. I just, it would be so hard for me to see, I could see competitors not trying as hard, but trying to lose or trying to fail that I can't see. And um, I just think it's, it's a little too, too much paranoia. All-Star game could be decided by a home run derby. I don't even know if that's really a rule or whatever. Um, oversized bases. This is stupid to me. This is beyond stupid. And what is the one thing, if, you want, if you're trying to sell something, what is the one thing you can always in sports set, make the sale with? What is it? It's the S word. The S word got us around COVID, all these other things. Safety, right? It's the bigger bases. It's not for more offense. It's not so guys are, no pun intended, safe more often, but safe, uh, less injuries, a better, a, a better bag, more bag to step on. You're not getting tangled with the, the feet of uh, the, the defensive player and stuff, stuff like that. Uh, more access to a base when sliding. Safety, not safely, safety. And so uh, someone built that argument and that is how they sold the bigger bases, which I guess will be more offense. We'll see. Like we're trying to reinvent things here, reinvent the wheel. It's like the bases were fine how they were. Uh, but what do I know? I'm just a, a out of baseball podcaster, uh, banning the shift. I also don't like this. Um, the, you're putting, you cannot have uh, you have to have two guys on each two infielders on each side of second base. You can put them, you know, up, up to within the base or whatever. Um, but I don't like this because this takes, Baseball, again, gets in its own way. Sometimes it wants to be old school and just be like, no, this is how the game is played. And then other times when the game has evolved a little bit, there's actual strategy. Most of the time in baseball, it's like, go up there. Okay, you face him. Okay, try to get that guy over, whatever. But when there's actually some strategy and to look at where guys are hitting the ball and try to manipulate uh, defensively what they're doing, can you imagine if this happened in other sports? You could say, well, there's a lot of rules against uh, teams, uh, you know, defensively, you can only do this. You can only do that. Uh, you know, the, the NFL, every day, every defensive penalty other than an offside really is, uh, or, or too many men on the field is, is an automatic first down. Uh, you can't tackle guys too hard anymore. You definitely can't touch a quarterback. Uh, basketball used to have uh, no zone defenses. They've adapted. And, and, but to, to take a strategic thing, like we're going to put three infielders on this side of the field because this guy doesn't hit the ball the other way to then remove that from the game. That's just, 
that's just nonsense. It, it's it's trying to appease, uh, I don't know, fan base. It's trying to appease guys making thirty million dollars a year who are you know big power hitters. And uh, well, I, I don't the lost art of hitting the ball the other way. And and maybe you guys don't want to see someone like who's a big pole hitter. I don't even know. Um, uh, I don't watch as much baseball anymore, but, uh, Cody Bellinger, he's a pretty big pole guy, isn't he? Uh, you know, you don't want to say, well, he, he can't hit the ball the other way, or maybe he hits his, he's paid to hit it out of the ballpark or whatever. Okay, fine. But that was always the argument against the shift. Well, you can't put someone in the, in the stands, right. To catch the ball. I just, I don't like it. You got to keep two team, two infielders. Um, I, you're punishing teams in my opinion, that are intelligent they look at scouting reports and you're taking away strategy of the game what's the next strategy we shouldn't have how about uh maybe no leadoffs maybe you shouldn't be allowed to lead off if you're winning by five or more runs maybe um if you bat around that you know you you shouldn't uh be able to score more i don't know it's just i don't like i've been in officiating for so long and every year we had new rules in every sport and it was most, it, they were written by the coaches. Um, but I feel like when a rule is put out there, there's always a reason why. And I just, you can't give me a good reason why here you want more offense. Is that it? I thought here's the, here's the million dollar question. I'm not million dollar question, whatever I was saying. Major league baseball at the same time, think about this. This is all you need to think about of how like, either it's a fine line or they're just delusional. They are trying at the same time, the same exact time to speed up the game and have more offense. Now I'm not a genius, but it seems like those two kind of go against each other. When is the last two hour game you saw that was uh, 15 to 14, you know, you want more offense, but you're also super concerned about the time and the pace of play. Uh, those two don't go hand in hand. And uh, maybe again, I'm just the guy who is rolling his eyes here going, you know, uh, this pitch clock, 14 seconds for uh, it'll, it'll get to the big leagues. I think in 2023, Uh, I feel bad for my minor league uh, buddies out there, umpiring and triple a and such. They're going to have to do a lot of these rules experimentally. Um, I will tell you this. I have it from uh, good sources that the, the automatic balls and strikes um, system, they call it the ABS. It is uh, they really are pushing hard for it to get to a uh, major league baseball. And it's being tested out this year, a lot at a few different levels in uh, minor leagues um, trying to work out the kinks. And it's just, it's really odd. The umpire is going to be behind the plate. He's going to do his regular thing. And he just has an earpiece and all he does is, uh, waits for the call ball or strike. And then, uh, when the hitters get mad or the pitchers and catchers get furious, um, they're just like, it's the computer. It's not me, but, um, someone will break the computer. I'm sure that's just the way it is. I, I don't like this stuff. I-, I don't, um, maybe we need robotic shortstops. You guys know how I feel about that stuff. So those are some of the rule changes in baseball. I, I just don't like when there's not a good reason for something you make a rule. We saw this for the past two years. Rules were made constantly around COVID. So you got to wear a mask on an airplane, but if you eat, it's safe. Well, wait a minute. Why is this rule here? And then it doesn't make sense. Or you got to wear a mask to walk in a restaurant and then sit down and you're fine. Like you have to have good reasons for your rules. 
and you can't, if you just say, well, it's safety and, and science, like you have to like back it up with evidence of that. And I think some of these rules in baseball, I don't know who was in favor of these. If the players were more in favor of it, if the owners were more in favor of it, it sounds like a little bit of both. And that's why there was such a, a lengthy discussion regarding uh, their, their lockout and they'll make up the games. I'm sure. I don't think too many people are going to miss, you know, the first few weeks of April baseball. Uh, we got other things going on too. You know, you got the March madness, the, the final four will be going and then hockey playoffs are going uh, baseball. Baseball could stand getting pushed back a little bit, maybe starting even in May. I, 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 I wish the game, it was a shorter season. I think like 120 games would be plenty, but uh, you know, you would lose a lot of uh, revenue and, and the sports all about money. So it's all about the big bucks. It's a business. Okay. Um, final sports topic. Uh, I saw this now look at, I am by no means a big tennis guy. I don't know that I've ever sat and watched an entire tennis match. Uh, maybe a little bit during COVID when, all sports were gone and they all kind of individually came back and I was just starving for anything, uh, you know, sports wise. But um, I bring up tennis because, you know, it's an individual sport. Um, I don't think you see this as much in like uh, golf. Maybe you do. And it's just, I don't know, but you do see some, some emotion in tennis, right? Um, You see a lot of that emotion, some of it good, some of it bad. And, I got to tell you somebody that I am just tired of hearing from, and that is uh, tennis star Naomi Osaka. Now, uh, I got to preface what I what I want what I say here. M- months ago, you know, she came out as a uh, she didn't want to talk to media because she felt that it it hurt her mental health. Okay, I have to give this pre uh, amble pre uh, <laughs> disclaimer, I guess. Uh, and it also leads to another question for me, another discussion or whatever. Um, this this concept of mental health, I understand there there's real uh, mental health out there. I, I also understand that, that there's uh, people who actually need service dogs. And there's also people that lie about it, that, that don't need a service dog. They need to toughen up a little bit. So I think it's a slippery slope. What I find fascinating with the discussion about mental health is that it's used as like a scapegoat. It's used as a crutch, but like when we want to like point to someone as crazy or be like, that person's not normal. Uh, that person has a screw loose or we start to say those things. Then you come across as like hateful. And so to me, it's a, it's a, it's an inconsistent, uh, discuss, inconsistent concept here of the seriousness of mental health. I think we all have a little bit of mental health. I have some very good friends uh, who have suffered uh, through, through depression and they haven't gone through, you know, uh, combat or anything like that. Uh, that's, it's a real thing. I understand. I can't imagine the pressure of being a professional athlete. I, I, I would, however, be much uh, better with it all uh, if, you know, there was a, a couple commas in, in my bank account. I was making, you know, my, my net worth was worth a few million. I'd probably be just fine. And, and some people thrive on the pressure. We talked about Tom Brady and everything. And I can't imagine, uh, you know, what that's like. But I also, I'll tell you this. I do know what it's like to come home at the end of a, of a shift, to come home at the end of my work week and not had a good day, had someone uh, get after me, had someone make fun of me. I, I've uh, had just a tough time. 
Uh, I don't know about you guys. I think if we're all honest, at some point in our lives, in our job, even in, I can't tell you how many times I came home uh, in college, I, I would be in tears because I just was having a tough time balancing my life. I never thought I was going to graduate. Every, um, uh, every, every workload, every assignment, I should say, I just got overwhelmed and I, I struggled. I, I, I'm not saying I had, I had mental issues or anything, but, I, but what I'm saying is I think so many of us, we have our moments in our lives that they weigh heavy on us. And especially when there's a lot of money on the line, uh, I'm not a father, uh, but, but when you got kids to feed, when you people last, you know, last two years uh, struggling at either out of work, could, can't find jobs, you know, can't find the right job. Um, there's just so many elements like that, that people struggle and it's okay to cry. It's okay to be upset, but this, this saying, uh, uh, you know, Naomi Osaki, she went to the microphone, she got beat. And someone in the crowd, 10,000 people, and someone yelled at her from the top of the row or something, you suck, Naomi, whatever. And she's crying. And, and here's what I see. I either do see somebody that is just totally overwhelmed with uh, the, the, the concept of, of competing at a high level, at the professional level, and probably does need to step away. You need to stop trying to make millions of dollars because you can't handle it. It's, 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 if, it's one of these two things. If you can't handle it, then you need to stop trying to, to do it because I hate when people try to uh, change the rules and adapt things. You see this, for instance, it's an example. Um, you see, say, say, uh, I don't know, um, baseball umpiring, for instance, you don't see too many, uh, I don't know, female baseball umpires. You see them in other sports. You don't really see it in baseball. So my, my thing is, I don't care what gender you are, what ethnicity you are, uh, where you come from, uh, who your family was. I don't care about any of those things. Uh, I care if you can do the job and if you're the best person for the job. And what I've seen, uh, not necessarily in my experience, but from afar is some people go into professions and they're the first person, uh, first female or the first person of this or that to be in this profession. And then they want it changed. They want the environment that they are new to, they're the new person and they want the environment that is already established to change around them. No, no, no. If you're jumping into a, a new job, a new, uh, you know, I don't know, a, a, a new profession, it's up to you to adapt. It's up to you to change and be uh, and, and fall in line with everybody else. I'm not talking about following policies, following rules. I'm just saying, uh, some people go into professions and they're like the first, I don't know. Um, I, I, okay. I'm the, I'm the first uh, Dutch American in a new profession. And, and it's like, well, we've never had a Dutch American before Matt. Um, and I'm just like, well, it's my first day on the job. And I, and I see a bunch of things, you know, I'm not used to this, you know, you guys need to change the way in which you do business because as a Dutch American, Bad example, probably, but it just it popped in my head. Anyway, Naomi Osaka, I think she comes in and she wants to be, she wants everything to change around her. Hecklers have been happening happening for years in sports. Uh, you don't get to make millions of dollars and then be like, no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do what's asked of me. Uh, if again, if if you are really affected by this mental health 
if it is just something inside of you that is um, destroying you, then maybe you need to walk away and get away from the business that is bringing this upon you. It's also giving you a lot of, a lot of money and maybe, maybe that feeling isn't worth it to you. Maybe it's just too much for you. And if it is, um, you know, I wish, I really do wish you, wish you well and wish you, um, that you do get the help you need. I've, I've seen people, I've, like I said, I drive for Uber a lot, right? I see all kinds of different people and I've seen people who have suffered through, through uh, real trauma. I've seen veterans with service dogs and I'm just like, you can tell something's a little off, um, but they're just, they're just trying to get through it all, right? They're not walking around sad um, because they're trying to get, get above it. And what I see with Naomi Osaka, I feel as if it's like this modern age of, uh, of you know, kids these days, right? Um, of just kind of, I don't know, maybe always getting their way. Maybe the kids that weren't spanked as, as a kid, it was just starting to see this change in, in young people. And that's why I am so inspired when I see young people who are held accountable and they believe in that stuff. They believe in hard work and, and failure is okay. They, uh, they, they show up again and try to do better. They're hardworking. They don't just say, Oh, I lost. Uh, I can't, uh, my mental health, my mental health. I just can't do it. I'm not saying what she's doing is fake. It seems like there's something going on there and she probably just needs to walk away. But if you are going to work some work in, in, a, in an industry where you're paid millions and it's all about performance and there are fans there, it's, we, we got to stop living in this age of, well, people are mean and words hurt feelings. This I, I feel, you know, how much, do you know how much damage has been done by those two words? I feel, well, I feel, I really do believe that. I remember my dad was great as any my mom as a kid. You feel you, you don't feel, you don't feel like do like taking out the trash. I didn't ask you if you felt like doing it, go do it. Most things in this life, you're not going to feel like doing, you don't feel like getting up at 5am to go to work. You don't feel like exercising. I sure don't. I need, I need to, I need to do more. I have to kick. I have to tell myself, it doesn't matter how you feel. You need to go do this. I don't feel like paying bills on time. It's hard. It's emotional. I start to, you know, you can't use this mental health uh, as a crutch, as an out, just because uh, you are uncomfortable. I don't know all about her background. I do know that uh, it does seem she was semi-privileged growing up, maybe. I don't know if we're allowed to say that, but um, when we used to play Pasadena Poly and, and Coach Smoke, football coach, and Polly, I want to say this after the, the great conversation I had with him months ago, uh, a respect for Polly, I do have. All right, a rivalry. I want to beat you every time I see you. But um, Mark Carson used to tell us in JV baseball, and when we were playing those guys, because Rio Hondo is kind of your, you know, it's it's the poor man's uh, prep school, really. You know, you look at the tuitions of of the schools we played, and what we, you know, people here. Oh, Matt, you went to a prep school. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It was like it was very, very cheap in comparison to other private schools. Thank you, dad, for signing that tuition check uh, every year. And of course we, we, we earned a little bit of it too. So, um, but my point is we used to have this chip on our shoulder going up against Pasadena Poly because uh, it's not like they're bad people because they come from, from money, but you know, 
I, cause I, I'm a capitalist. I think everyone should make as much money as they want. You know, if you can afford a big house or go to a big school, God bless you and, and, and your resources. But there was that chip. And I think there still is of kind of the real Hondo guys, you know, where we come from, we're kind of your, your middle, middle-class blue collar guys and guys like Pasadena Pauly. I'm not going to say privilege. I don't even like that word, but it gets thrown around all the time. So there was a chip, like we, we have, uh, we got a, you know, this means more to us than them. That was always kind of a mentality when you're playing those types of schools. Again, it's an example. There was plenty of times when Pauly tried it, it harder than us and was played better than us. And it's just an, a comparison thing. Um, but I think uh, it, it feels like Naomi Osaka has never seen a, uh, I don't know, never been told no or something or never been made fun of. I, I don't know. Um, and, and I don't want to just misspeak and speak over someone who's going through this and then something tragic happens to her next week or whatever. Um, but I do think if we're, if we're going to have an open discussion about this, we need to be honest and be like, I mean, can you imagine Patrick Mahomes uh, throwing an interception and going to a microphone and just being like, I can't take what these Bronco fans are saying. Um, I just, I, I, I can't take it anymore. I also think there's a, in the movie Patton, George Patton, he like hits a, a, one of his soldiers who's mentally just done and gone through shell, shell shock and the shell, shell shock, shell shock. And um, had back then, you know, there was no PTS diagnosis and things, but uh, yep. Again, I, it, it brought up, I saw this on the weekend. I saw her, her little um, out, out, outbreak or whatever her outburst, I should say. And I was just like, you know, this is a couple of times now before she didn't want to talk to the media. And I don't, I know who wants to talk to the media. They're a bunch of arrogant uh, jerks or whatever, but she said, oh, that's just too hard on my mental health. And then she turns around and she's posing for Sports Illustrated and and uh, getting all that publicity and, and things. So um, I think we can't pick and choose our tough times. Um, I know there's people who have struggled with things upstairs and have gone through some awful things. Um, I know that I have. I'm sure everyone out there has. Um so I, I guess that's all I have to say about that. Uh, we can't be afraid to just be like, that person needs to toughen up a little bit. Otherwise, you, no one is forcing you to be a professional tennis player. That's the whole other thing. No one's forcing you to go out there uh, and, and, and play this sport and make millions of dollars. Just forcing you to, or just expecting you, not forcing you, expecting you to um, react and abide by the atmosphere that everyone else has. Uh, before you. So uh, anyway, enough of that. I will move on from um, some sports topics. Okay, real quick. These are just random thoughts that I thought of. I wrote down. You guys know how much I love these things. Uh, first of all, I cooked last week uh, here at home. I try, I was trying to cook a pizza that was not carb-based. And I heard on Adam Carolla show, a, guy, a fitness guy, he was like, hey, if you really want pizza, Get a, get a sauce, use sausage as like a crust and then put your cheese and everything on top of it. I was like, I got to try that. So I tried it and I didn't have the ingredients all right. It, it came out good. I ate it. It was Valerie tolerated it. Um, but it got me thinking that when, when men cook sometimes, and maybe some of you guys are pros and I'm just not, I mean, I think the word casserole definitely was invented by a man. 
because it's probably from all the times we messed up something. And then you just are like, well, just uh, mix it all together. And it, okay, it looks, my pizza looked like a, a casserole of some kind, almost like a, a lasagna. And so that was my thought for the day. Or like when breakfast, when you kind of mix everything together, instead of having the bacon and the eggs and this and that, it's just like, yeah, throw it all together. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a scramble. It's uh, not an omelet because that's too fancy to flip and everything. But I think uh, men cooking and turning something into a casserole, uh, if you will, because casserole is like a fancy word for like, oh, this is just one big pile here. So <laughs> I'm getting better at this cooking thing, guys. I, I promise. Um, oh, man. Men getting ready versus women getting ready. I love my lady Valerie. It's not just her. It's a lot of women. And maybe there's I've been around some men that are this way, too. But in general, again, in general, women getting ready versus uh, men. I got ready in five minutes, maybe 10, um, sitting there in my shorts, watching games, just like, hey, go telling her, hey, go get ready. Go get ready. You know, knowing that we were two hours from leaving or whatever. I was like, hey, go get ready. Oh, okay. I know. I'm like, no, you're going to take longer. <laughs> you're going to take a long time. Just tell me when you're five minutes away and then I'll go upstairs. And, uh, you know, unless you got an iron or something, don't be a, don't be a, a sloppy, right? Fellows. But it's just two different worlds. Uh, I can't imagine the, the, the work that goes into getting ready. All, all you ladies out there, all the makeup and the hair and all those things. And it's just like, man, I go up there, throw deodorant on, put my shirt on, uh, spray a little cologne. And I'm ready to go. Like, <laughs> that's just how we are. Uh, another thing with uh, men and women, I found kind of funny. Um, again, these are thoughts that pop in the he- my head and they're not just because all of, all of them are experiences with Valerie and I, uh, but I, I found it funny. I was like, again, differences in men and women, um, the way women will ask, uh, for something versus, uh, the way, uh, maybe a man will, I think, for instance, I think, um, there was a cup somewhere or as an example here cup, I wanted uh, her to rinse out or she left upstairs. I said, and I found that with men, most times we want, you know, we're requesting something it's, Hey, will you, Hey, will you go get, uh, get your cup, you know, out of the bathroom or, Hey, will you um, get your purse, uh, take your purse off of the, whatever, clear this, clear the table, whatever. And then I, I think uh, if it's a woman asking a man, it's not even really telling a man, instead of, will you, it's a lot of, you will, you will go do this. You will go do that. I know I'm just, I, I, and Valerie doesn't do that at all. I'm, I'm serious about that, but it just, you see sitcoms or you see, interactions of other people and, and other relationships. I think that's a, that's a big difference. And for those uh, happily married men out there, happily relationship men out there who have a great woman who doesn't say you will, who says, will you? Uh, I think that goes a long way. And, 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 on the, and on the men's side, I mean, I don't think any man would be dumb enough to tell a woman, uh, hey, you will do this. It would be, hey, will you do this? Um, and it could be anything out there. And we should, right? We're supposed to get along, right? We're supposed to coexist. I think uh, with questions, you get answers. With orders, uh, you get stern looks and probably um, big fights, right? So don't do that, anybody. Uh, Let me see. A great TV show I watched. I think I mentioned it to you on Netflix. It's called Afterlife. It's a little dark. It's a little deep. Speaking of depression and uh, Ricky Gervais, he was fantastic in it. He loses his wife and um, to cancer and he kind of goes on a a binge and bender and just kind of doesn't like dealing with the outside world. And so he just kind of speaks his mind and it's funny. It's sad. Uh, it, it was a really good show. Again, a lot of dark humor. He's a, he's an atheist. So he kind of goes against, uh, I don't know. He's very adamant about, you know, 
anti-God and everything. But then there's moments in the show where you're like, wait, what does he really believe? You know? And so if you're looking for something darker that has some humor in it, you know, there's some moments too, where you're just like, why, why was that in the show? But uh, I, it was a show Val and I both really liked. And uh, again, it was kind of that weird, sad, funny genre that I don't think there's a lot of, out of um, uh, a word that I uh, made up uh, two words. I talked about being uh, satisfaction, right. Um, and people being happy. Happiness is a choice, right? I don't know. Uh, that that is as clear as day to me. Um, life is what how you choose to respond to it. But I, I and I may name this on a podcast here soon, sometime. But satisfaction versus satisfaction. I love playing with words. You guys know this about me. And I think there's a lot of people that they pretend to be satisfied. And I think it's that satisfaction uh, made up term that I'm that I'm that I'm doing. You see a lot of this on social media, right? Look how happy I am. I'm great. I'm this, I'm that. And people truly aren't satisfied with themselves. They're putting on a front. They're putting on a, uh, uh, they, it is a uh, fact or fiction. It is satisfaction. So um, I don't know if that made sense to you or not, but again, I told you bouncing really quick here on these last couple of uh, uh, statements. Okay. Uh, man card violations. Haven't done this in a while. I'm going to try to bring one a week if I can. Um, you know, it could be, a lot of different things. Here's an example. And I know there's probably some MMA guy who wears these and will, and will just beat the heck out of me. But I saw this, uh, this guy was not an MMA guy, MMA guy. Um, this was just a dude at the grocery store and I am not a fashion guy by any means, but this dude was rocking some capris. I'm like, come on, man. There's certain things that, uh, I just, I don't think the male species should be participating in. Maybe that makes me some kind of, uh, sexist or something is i don't i don't know i lose track of all the obias and all the and all the is if if you guys uh haven't noticed but um yeah man card violation you can't wear capris dude come on what are you doing wear shorts or wear pants don't wear what what would be the reason for those anyway do they look good on girls yes they do i i think they do look good on, on on women there's a lot of things that look good on women that i don't think look good on men but again that's Hateful me speaking. Okay. And if you don't know what capris are, then, and you're a guy, good for you. You shouldn't know what they are. Uh, those are my two cents. Anyway, I'm going to try to bring it like this. The next, uh, I'm still trying to find myself in this podcast when I'm just by myself. I love having a conversation with someone, but when it's just me, I want to still make it entertaining, kind of make it relatable for people to, to tune in and be like, let's listen to Matt ramble for, you know, 45 minutes or whatever. So I have some other things. Uh, I wanted to, uh, to put out there, but, um, that, that I think that will wrap it up for today. I did see on social media that, um, there were, uh, Real Honda prep had their inaugural. I'm not sure who was the the president, but I did see some photos of the, uh, you know, the classes, the guys and the girls, everyone looked sharp, uh, a lot of great tuxedos on the young men out there. A lot of style style points. I was impressed with some of the, uh, the senior swag out there, I will say. And it just brought back memories to me, uh, you know, the inaugural, in closing here was like scariest time asking a girl to the inaugural in high school was probably the scariest thing to this day I ever had to do. And, uh, I, I obviously wanted to go on a, you know, have a, have a date with me at the inaugural. I hated going solo, but man, asking a girl out, I just never got better at it. It was, <laughs> some would say I still have it and I haven't had to ask a girl out in uh, the amount of years, but, uh, even Valerie, she knows I, I'd ask her out a couple times, by the way. Um, uh, I, I don't know. Never been a skill of mine. Like, hey, so getting those words out. 
you either have it or you don't some things you don't get better at and uh, just I, I chuckled about that when i when i saw the uh Real Hondo students in their tuxedos and uh, looking sharp for the uh, 2022 inaugural. Got to find out who the uh, the new president is. But that will wrap it up today for me, guys. Sorry to ramble so long, but uh, just excited about March Madness, NFL free agency, um, random thoughts that pop into my head. And I appreciate you guys tuning in and giving me um, giving me the time of day. Uh, I will have a guest on Friday, already recorded, by the way. Have a couple more recordings set to go uh, this week that hopefully I can stockpile a few. Um, I think you guys are going to be pleased with uh, some of the upcoming guests here uh, on the Get Home Safe podcast that we'll have on Fridays. And again, Tuesdays, just me rambling about the weekend sports, rambling about random thoughts that go through my uh, my mental health head. Mental health or mental wealth? What do you think of that terminology? Uh, pick and choose, which 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 is more important to you. Uh, anyway, sometimes when you get going, hard to turn it off slow down and be like dude come on let's go get better at this okay guys thanks for tuning in today enjoy the basketball huh we'll have some recap next tuesday about all the great games from the weekend maybe some big uh, nfl signings and then of course a bunch of random topics i want you guys as always to reach out to me i love hearing from you guys i, I don't just want to hear from you during the football season i want to hear from you guys um all throughout the year so uh, get home safe podcast at yahoo.com. You can also text me and, and hit me up through social media, but that's a great way for me to keep everything organized. Voice messages, they're still available at the you look in the episode links. It's a really easy thing to do. If you want to send me some topics, you want to send me some of your man card violations, some random thoughts that pop into your head. Um, let's get this show back going again with good rhythm, good routine, back to normal. And um, yeah, let's have some fun. This, this needs to be. Uh, this is supposed to be fun, right? Like I said in, in Bull Durham. So go, go Titans. Let's go take down the devils, take down the blue devils, USC, UCLA, New Mexico state, Montana state, San Diego state, Arizona. Uh, who am I missing? Uh, San Francisco, St. Mary's Gonzaga. Let's go West coast. Make a show, make a great showing here in, uh, in the 2022 NCAA tournament. It's March Madness. It's mayhem. I know you guys will be watching Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and all day Sunday. Isn't it grand? All right, guys, enough for me. Thanks for tuning in. And guys, as always, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or round in third base, get home safe.